0: Welcome once again to Leto's Law. Here's Steve Leto. Interesting story involving identical twins. And uh, several people sent this to me, and I saw it reported in several different places. And Different versions of the story emphasize different portions of the story. And so I'm going to talk about this, and uh, we'll try to figure out if uh, some of what people are saying is true, because the story involves identical twins. Identical twins. And the identical twins went to college, and then apparently they went to medical school. And while at medical school, they were accused of cheating on an exam together. The two of them were taking the same exam, and they they they're accused of cheating on that exam. They've now won $1.5 million in damages after a jury decided they hadn't cheated. But the headline at Business Insider says, a jury decided they hadn't cheated because their minds were connected. And I didn't see that even in the story itself. So I'm not sure if the person who wrote the headline, which is often different than the writer of the article, uh, kind of glanced at it and cobbled something together. We'll see. Jane Ridley wrote this for Business Insider. Barbara, John, Sue's, Jerry, Chris, and Gary all sent it. Thank you very much. But in the fall of 2016, the identical twins, who are named Kayla and Kelly, We're studying at the Medical University of Southern Carolina, M-U-S-C. They walked into their favorite hangout spot in the college town of Charleston. They saw that a large number of their fellow students were there. Kayla told Insider that the students stared and nudged each other. It happened wherever we went. People would gossip about us and we'd get a cold reception. It got to the point when we had to order delivery because we couldn't go to restaurants anymore. So they're saying that something happened that basically turned everyone against them. The sisters had been ostracized, they say, because MUSC had labeled them as cheats. And the word cheats here is in quotes, as if that was an official word used to describe them, cheats. The medical school had claimed that the similar scores they'd gotten in an important exam were more than just a coincidence. Now, Kelly says it was devastating, the accusations. We both knew that we had done nothing wrong. So they finally cleared their names after six years because they filed a lawsuit accusing the school of defamation. They said the school had defamed them and a jury awarded them $1.5 million as a result. Now, their ordeal began after they took an exam back in May of 2016. This, this goes way back. Kelly said the twins were assigned seats at the same table. They were at the same table. We were about four or five feet apart, she said. They couldn't see each other because their monitors blocked their views. Two weeks later, the faculty formally accused them of cheating. So if you go to school, and I'm not talking about these people, I'm talking about in general. If you go to school and you take a test and they think you're cheating and they catch you cheating, well, that can have very, very bad ramifications for your uh, future education at that school. And so they frown on cheating. And so the question is, they were accused of cheating. Had they cheated? Well, that's the big question. So Kayla says my mind was racing because she had to appear before the honor board, as did her twin, I was sobbing and incredulous that this was happening to us. She went on, there's no way to process your emotions when you're accused of something you didn't do. Kelly said that despite the trauma, she thought the school would withdraw the claims. Kelly told the council that their answers had been highly similar since first grade. She said they'd graded within a fraction of a point of one another at high school. Their SAT scores had been identical. They'd got the same score when they'd taken tests on different days and in different locations. Counsel told the sisters that a professor raised the alarm after monitoring the results of the whole class remotely. He suspected that the twins had been collaborating. Now, I'm not sure what kind of remote access they had back in 2016. Because remember, this is way before COVID. And um, I'm not even sure if Zoom existed yet. I'm just making up things that we think of today when it comes to being able to do stuff from someplace else, okay? So monitoring software may have been there, I don't know. But the professor was monitoring the class remotely, uh, and he suspected they'd been collaborating. He told the proctor to keep an extra eye on them as the exam continued. The proctor then reported that she'd noticed the twins had repeatedly nodded their heads as if they were exchanging signals. She said that one had pushed back her chair. She said that one had flipped a sheet of paper on the table so the other could see it. So after the professor told the proctor, the proctor is the person who oversees the administration of the exam, the professor told the proctor, keep an eye on those two. Proctor says, I watched the two of them and they were doing stuff that seemed suspicious. By the way, I've proctored exams before. We'll get to that. So the women who were 24 at the time protested and said they were innocent. We were just nodding at a question at our own computer screens. There was no signaling, she said, adding that they never looked at each other. She told Insider that people had often commented on their incredibly similar mannerisms. I never anticipated that nodding at your computer screen could be used against you. And confirmation bias is given when you're showing regular and familiar behaviors at an exam. Uh, Kayla told the council that the cheating claim was ridiculous. She told Insider the sisters had no twin telepathy or secret language. We don't feel each other's pain or anything like that. So interestingly, she says they do not have a connection like that. But the headline says the jury decided they had uh, connected minds. So (laughs) I'm not sure what that means. The twins were found guilty after the hearing in front of the honor board. They appealed to the dean... And then they were cleared. The dean cleared them of the charge. And so they were found guilty. They appealed to the dean, and a week later the dean said, you know something, we're going to say you didn't cheat. Now, whether that's an actual clearance saying we know you did not cheat or if that's saying you know we're just going to drop the charges against you, uh, calling charges might be a bit much, but if that means that the scores, the tests are going to stand and your standing in the class won't change, well, that's what happens. So Kelly said, we thought it had gone away. And she said they'd worked really hard and wanted to get back to their studies. But the damage was done and the word leaked out. These mutterings and rumors came throughout campus about how we'd been academically dishonest. There was gossip and recrimination. Peers targeted them on social media and discussed them on community blogs. Media outlets reported on the case in states as far away as California. So this is one of the questions you have to get into is that if somebody defames you, they libel you, they slander you, they, 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 they say something about you that's false, whether in writing or verbally, and it gets out, uh, if it spreads naturally, then that's the result of what happens. It's like you start a fire with a match and the whole house burns down. Who, who saw that coming? Well, that's what happens when bad things are said about people. People love to repeat bad stuff about other people. But on the other hand, if they actually had just a disciplinary hearing, And then they said, oh, okay, well, we've cleared you of this. Um, Who did they make the statements to that were defamatory? That's what I'm curious about. Because if they simply contacted the twins and said, we think you guys cheated. Come on in, we're going to have a hearing on this. And they hold a hearing. That's what they do. And then a week later, they go, we decided you didn't do it. Let them go. The hearing itself would not be defamatory. Because you've got to say something about somebody or write something about somebody that's false, that would hurt them. And so, as you can imagine, simply saying that there was a hearing, that wouldn't be defamatory, there really was a hearing. So, the damage was done, the word leaked out, and everyone was talking about it. The sisters told Insider that their peers universally shunned them, which I I, I suppose it's possible, I have no reason to doubt this, but I do wonder... How come some of the peers didn't go, oh, you were cleared? Oh, okay. I, I-, I guess you were wrongly accused. <laughs> they said that people refused to talk to them, including a friend they'd known for a decade. They said they were uninvited from weddings. Uh, we've been two of the most social individuals on campus, knowing everyone in our medical school class as well as other classes. We didn't sleep, we lost weight, gained weight, lost weight. I, I wonder which way it ended up on that. Uh, They withdrew from the medical school in September 2016. Kayla said they left at the recommendation of the dean because of how hostile it had become. So they say that the dean came to them and said, look, guys, gals, uh, you probably should leave. You probably should leave. And that right there would seem to me to be a real problem. Now, of course, that wouldn't lead you to a defamation claim, but it would indicate some level of the damages. And you'd think that instead of recommending they leave, Maybe the dean could do something to indicate that these women did nothing wrong. Possibly? I don't know. It's a thought. Kelly said that she was shattered when they were forced to abandon their medical careers. It honestly killed me, she said. I dreamed about being a doctor since I was little. Kayla and I wanted to help people. So they filed their lawsuit in 2017. And by the way, they're doing just fine now. We'll get to that in a second. But they filed the lawsuit in 2017 because she says we knew the truth. We weren't going to roll over and let our reputation be ruined. The first and foremost thing was to clear our name. You take an entire lifetime to build a reputation, she said. So the sisters became even closer. We relied on each other. We came together with a decision to fight, and we did. They skipped their medical ambitions and went to law school. (laughs) I only laugh because I'm a lawyer. They had very similar GPAs and they graduated last year. They work at the same law firm and want to tackle complex defamation suits like their own. What they should do is come up with some wacky hijinks since they're identical twins, where one of them can go into court in one end of the building, the other can go into the court at the other end of the building, and they pretend to be each other. See, and they... Just kidding. Kidding. We did not want anyone to go through what we had been through ever again, Kayla said. And by the way, Kayla's now 31 years old. Uh, I'm guessing her sister's right around there. (laughs) We switched paths so that we could at least try to ensure that people don't have to endure what we did. The first time I read that sentence, I thought it said we switched pants. I was going to say, wow, that's (laughs) that's a very strange career move, but okay. The case took five years to actually get to trial, but it finally did come to trial in Charleston. And the lawyer for the sisters presented their records of education to the jury, showing how their academic careers were so identical. You know, they'd obtained identical or near identical scores in the exams they'd taken in the past. A professor at their college before law school wrote in their defense, he said in a letter that they submitted the exact same answers, some wrong, some right, for an exam that he'd supervised in 2012. So he's saying, look, this wasn't like a take-home exam. They were writing essays, and the essay's, were eerily similar, despite the fact that they were sitting at opposite ends of the classroom. He said it would have been impossible, impossible for them to collaborate. Meanwhile, a psychologist who specializes in behavioral genetics and studies twins testified in court on behalf of the twins. She said she would have only been surprised if sisters had not ended up with the same scores. Well, that seems a little extreme. The professor who founded the Twin Studies Center at California State University, Fullerton, told the jury about the very close intertwining of twins. She said that cheating complaints against twins are common in academia. They are genetically predisposed to behave the same way, they've been raised the same, and are natural partners in the same environment. Uh, She told Insider that twins, particularly identical ones, are likely to have similar tastes, talents, social preferences, and academic achievements. Identical twins just have this kind of understanding, goes beyond what we typically think of in a close relationship. She's written books on twins. She said that she noted that the medical school here hadn't considered the impact of the corresponding genetic profiles when they accused the twins of cheating. Kayla said that she held Kelly's hand when the verdict came in. I suspect if you asked Kelly, she'd tell you that she held Kayla's hand when the verdict came in. Again, I'm reading between the lines here. <laughs> it was the biggest moment of our lives, she said, of the vindication. We've been living with this for six years. We finally had everything restored to us. So they went to court, jury trial, jury found that they had been, in fact, defamed by the school with the accusations of the cheating. They awarded damages of $1.5 million. And the headline here says the jury found that their minds were connected. And I don't see that in the story. It's possible that someone on the jury thought that. I don't know. But I'm worried more that the uh, person who wrote the headline simply caught the part about how twins can be interconnected and intertwined doesn't mean that their minds are actually connected. Uh, but again, you have to go back, and, and in a case like this quite early on, and it might be in the complaint, the lawsuit itself, but if it's not, it has have to be made up and, and shown very, very quickly. What was the defamatory statement? Who made it? To whom did they make it? And then you go from there. So you have to be able to say that that the dean said we cheated to these people. Or this board said that we cheated and they said it to these people. And if your allegation was simply that a rumor was started about us and it was untrue, that won't do it. You need to actually be able to go back and say who started the rumor? What did they say? Now, it might be true that if, they're not going to admit it, that you may have to kind of extrapolate some of this stuff, but presumably they said it and someone else heard it. Otherwise, it wouldn't be defamation. So that's what I'm curious about here. Because the mere fact that you are accused of something and in essence tried for it but found not guilty in this sense, I understand I'm misusing terms here, but I'm not sure they would call it in this academic setting. But if these accusations of academic dishonesty are raised. And if they had a reason to believe that those allegations were true, then obviously you'd have a harder time making a defamation case. And so if the jury awarded this money and if this verdict stands, then I'm inclined to say, well, this story here is probably substantially true as told here. But if this just happened, then the question is, will there be, a, uh, an appeal, and if so, what will happen on appeal? Because quite often, uh, judges are asked to throw a case out because there's not enough evidence to support something. And sometimes judges will say, you know something, let's, let's let it go to trial and see what happens. Because if a judge throws it out and it goes up on appeal, they may have to retry it. But if the jury comes back and says, we're not going to give you anything, well, you're, all, you're done then. You know, I mean, you can appeal that, but good luck. Uh, so I'll be curious to see if anything happens on this following down the road. But as you might guess, uh, allegations of cheating in school happen all the time. And so you obviously cannot just sue somebody who accuses you of cheating if they've got good reason to believe that you cheated. You know, so that's the one thing I want to make sure people understand here. So assuming that this jury verdict here was, was well-founded, it must be that the school made mistakes in who they told about this and how word got out about this. Because the net result was, as you recall, the dean said they didn't cheat. But somehow it had swept the campus and the college town that they're cheaters. How is that possible? And the deans declared them not to be cheaters. So that's the real question here. And again, the jury came back with a $1.5 million verdict. So mistakes had to have been made because otherwise there wouldn't be a case. So... Jane Ridley wrote this for Business Insider. Identical college twins were accused of cheating in an exam by signaling. They won $1.5 million in damages after a jury decided they hadn't cheated because their minds were connected. John, Barber, Jerry, Sue's, Chris, and Gary all sent it. Thanks a lot. Questions, your comments, put them below those. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Leto's Law. We are all here on earth to help others. What on earth the others are here for? I don't know.